<laughs> okay, so we're here with uh, Dr. George Belalis. Is that good pronunciation? Yep, well done. So, thank you for joining us. Yes, um, thank you. Can you just start by telling us a little bit about the practice and and what uh, your team offers? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I. I'm a bariatric and upper GI surgeon. Uh, I have a um, completely in-house uh, multidisciplinary team um, that uh, is based in the one location. So we have dietitians, psychologists, exercise physiologists, uh, bariatric GPs, nurses, as well as an endocrinologist, all in sight uh, on the one site, yeah. and uh, all uh, just for just for my patients to, you know, for our patients as a clinic to follow up and look after Absolutely love pre and post-surgery. That's, that's really awesome. Yeah, yeah it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and we really uh, make sure that uh, patients are looked after, um, regular blood tests, uh, regular follow-up, online support, um, uh, as well as, um, you know, making sure even the girls at the front desk um, you know, our patients see the same people for the period of two years. They know where to come. Yeah. Um, they're not going around town. They're not being outsourced to other, um, you know, practices that don't offer uh, inclusive services. Yeah. So we really feel that it, it makes a big difference for people and um, they get a good um, uh, journey and, and, and good follow-up. Yeah. I'm glad you say regular blood tests yeah. because we, we've noticed on, on our support page that, people you know that they can go a couple of years and Sometimes. they're only finding out when yeah. something's really wrong that yeah we it is an issue um we do uh go through a process pre-operatively and explain why blood tests are important mm -hmm. and and really it's a commitment between patients and, and and our clinic because you know after surgery you have to keep going with blood tests and and sure if your blood tests are all normal um, at two years, apologies. If your blood tests are all normal at um, two years, then um, you know it may be that you will then go to yearly blood tests, and those yearly blood tests may be normal, and that's fine. And you can carry on with that. But um, until that time, I think it's really important to make sure that you do get that uh, follow up. You know, particularly. Uh, vitamins and minerals um, that'll mean that you know you may have significant deficiencies um, otherwise and and we know that you know that is a risk yeah, yeah. so how often would you recommend someone have blood tests after weight loss surgery so we go by the uh you know i go by the asmbs guidelines um so three monthly for the first year now we we actually do three and six months and then depending on the bloods, if they're tracking fine, then we will go to 12 months. Yep. Um, and then if they're tracking fine, we'll go 18 and then two years. So six monthly in the, in the mm -hmm. second year. Okay. If they're not, of course, we um, repeat them every three months until they're, they're um, normalized. Yep. Um, and then after the two year period yearly. Yeah. And these are at a minimum. This is a minimum um, re recommendation. Yeah. That's yeah. that's brilliant. Um, so obviously, it's more than just um, you know. Oh, we've done the surgery. Off you go. Um. Yeah, there are 
you know, I, I really struggle with that approach. Um, it's definitely not, not what we do. And I think as a surgeon, there's more to looking after people than just operating. Yes. I find the, you know, yes, operating is a technical skill. You have to be very proficient and, uh, you know, clinical outcomes are related to volume. You know, I do a lot of these surgeries. Um, it's all I do. And there's absolutely good evidence to show that volume uh, relates to outcomes. However, you also have to look after people. So, you know, you have to see them again. You have to follow them up. You know, when people are struggling, you have to, you know, um, uh, support them mm-hmm. and, and, and increase that level of support, you know, whatever they need. Um, you know, I do all my, um, uh, you know, follow-up endoscopies for patients um, if they need their gallbladder. Uh, assess and removed um you know i do endoscopic interventions um you know later down the track whatever it may be um to make sure that people are looked after as well yeah that's great it it's good to see that that sort of evolution i guess um I, i had gastric sleeve nine and a half years ago and back then it was very much a oh well if you want to see a dietitian you can uh you know, and I, I was sort of a bit lost, really, because it was like... It's hard. It's really tough. Um, you know, we have um, uh, fantastic dietitians in the practice um, and every patient sees a dietitian, a psychologist, an exercise physiologist, a GP, a nurse, every patient, before and after, every patient. Yeah, that, that's great. So... Um, with the exercise physiologist, um, how, how long have yeah. you sort of had that as part of the program? Since day one, since day one. Yeah. So we have, we have two exercise physiologists in our practice and some patients are very advanced. They've been, uh, you know, professional athletes or they've been exercising their whole life and they, they go to a gym four times a week. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel um, and teach them things that they already know. It's more about providing a, a program for them that will work with them and increase their proficiency. So um, our exercise physiologist will um, uh, talk through a, a sort of a, an individualized program and then set them up and then, and then patients can, can manage that themselves via an app. And then they can then swing in with the exercise physiologist if they need to whenever they you know, want to and... Um, and yeah, that works pretty yeah. well. Love your work yeah. there. That yeah, that is so good. That really is. <laughs> yeah. Look, I think that um, it's not just about the surgery. You know, again, yes, I do a lot of surgery. I do, you know, I do a good job. I make sure I have not new techniques. I liaise with uh, other surgeons from all around the world and make sure that I'm always um, trying to improve what I do not only from surgical point of view, our anaesthetists as well, you know, we're always um, talking about how we can better ourselves and make sure that, you know, we're improving our outcomes, but it's also about that follow-up as well. And that's, that's so important. It really is. So do you have a favorite type of bariatric procedure? Uh, Look, I, 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 I'm very happy with whichever procedure suits the yeah. patient and, and we discuss that. So, you know, I would do probably 60-40 split sleeve to bypass. Mm-hmm. Um, I do prefer a single anastomosis bypass to a ruin wire bypass. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I think it is a safer operation. I think it has better weight loss outcomes. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, there's issues with bile reflux, but um, that is a low risk. Um, and then, and then those patients um, can uh, be um, uh, revised to a rule and wine. That's quite straightforward as well. Yeah. Um, but in regards to the procedure, you know, um, whichever procedure suits the patient, and and um, we go from there. So yeah. I think uh, I really dislike gastric bands, I have to say, um, and I encourage anyone with a gastric band to have it removed. I had one. I had one. I dislike them too. I'm happy to, I'm happy to remove anyone's gastric band. No questions. I don't think you need to. <laughs> uh, I just think, unfortunately, uh, people had the right intentions um, and they thought it would be a safe procedure, yeah. but, but I just don't think it has the long-term outcomes and efficacy that we wanted yeah. to. Um, that we wished it did, um, and and it really causes issues with swallowing long term. So I, I do think that people should have them. Out. Yeah, yeah. I, I find it amazing that it's still done at times. I, it's horrifying to be honest. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It really is. It was it was a horrible, horrible two years think, of my life. <laughs> yeah, and, and and I think last year there were there were still over 200 lap, lap bands placed in Australia and New Zealand. And, um, and that's wow. it's frustrating. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, that is frustrating. Amazing. <laughs> oh gosh. Now, I noticed on your, on your LinkedIn um, yeah. that you got a leading contributor to the Bariatric Surgery Registry. Yeah. Um, how important so is that's, that? So that's something... Look, I think the registry uh, has evolved um, over the years uh, and and majority of procedures done in Australia are now part of the registry. Um, It's good to have a registry as a concept because it provides an avenue to uh, detect any issues with a procedure early, Um, you know, and also if there is an issue, then it can be fed back to those surgeons. quickly without um, having that lag period that you would have in your own practice. Um, I do also think it's important to capture your own data. So I do keep a prospective database myself in the practice. Um, And uh, I think that all surgeons should do that. It is very, uh, you know, it's a time consuming exercise. It's a costly exercise. It's um, investing in your own um, uh, data points, um, but but uh, I think it, it's really important and something that I do as well um, and, and um, making sure that I have that. So I think the BSR is, is great because it, it captures that, um, that data uh, and, it, and it provides a, a higher level where you can, you know, in a consult, I'll talk to patients about the BSR data mm. and say, so, you know, uh, this is the data um, from all of the patients that have been operating on around Australia. These are the outcomes. This is why I um, think that, um, you know, uh, this operation might be better for you and, and that's backed up by our data. And, you know, you can talk around um, the the um, possibilities and I think that's also really important. Yeah. yeah. So, if, um, so if someone is wanting to have weight loss surgery, how do you sort of yeah. work out what's going to be best for that particular person? Yeah, look, it's a, I mean, it's an important question. Um, 
you always start with, uh, you know, I always start with a consultation with myself, um, having a really good talk about, you know, not only previous medical history, medications, etc., but also people's goals um, and, and what they want to achieve out of the, the process. Um, and then a little bit about what they think, you know, because everybody that sees me has a friend or has seen on the internet mm. or has read online or has probably joined your forum mm. or, you know, <laughs> whatever it may be, um, and, and, and has their own uh, ideas or thoughts about what might suit mm. them and why. And I think that's also really important. Yeah. Um, and so we have a chat about that. Go through the options, you know, three main surgical options, you know, sleeve, single bypass, Roux-en-Y bypass. Um, endoscopic, so I do uh, endoscopic sleeve uh, gastroplasty uh, as well as outlet reductions um, or, or gastric balloon, so non-invasive um, gastric balloon as well. Um, so, you know, those uh, talk around those options, talk about medication as well as another option, um, you know, to, to see what suits that patient um, best and what they want to achieve out of, mm. out of their um, treatments. As yeah, because well. it's really not a... Um... It's not a one size fits all, is it? Yeah. Not at all. I, I very much try and uh, tailor the treatment to the patient. Yeah. <clears throat> Bearing in mind there are minimum standards that I do like to um, uh, make sure you know are provided during the treatment, and um, yeah, making sure that people understand you know what are the expected outcomes, yeah. what are the risks and benefits. Um, you know, cost is also um uh something to factor in you know uh, because of uh, health insurance and things like that as in well. your experience um <clears> which <throat> which surgical option provides the highest amount of weight loss because it's something that that is constantly asked yeah. on our discussed absolutely so so i think i think look in regards to highest amount of weight loss, you know, a BPD or a duodenal switch um, is probably going to provide you the, the most weight loss. However, I don't provide that treatment because we know that there's a really high rate of um, uh, malnutrition. Yes. And we know that patients have on average three to four uh, um, diarrheal movements um, every day. Wow. You know, and that is just not acceptable anymore. Um, that uh, and, and I don't want, and those patients need three to six monthly bloods for the rest of their life. And, you know, they will have issues with uh, deficiencies, you know. And and so we've gone away from such uh, malabsorptive procedures um, because of that, because of the severe um, uh, issues with those procedures. So to answer that question, that is probably going to be the operation with the most um weight loss yeah. but at what cost yes so i think it's always a benefit and risk um discussion mm. so you know i think um uh, and this is where the the sads so the um uh, um uh, procedure that's been discussed a lot lately and is is slowly increasing yes. in um in australia um where does that fit for me i I think uh, I don't um, uh, provide that procedure as an option for patients because I don't see 
uh, a significant benefit currently compared to a single bypass. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and it may provide a few percent more total body weight loss than a single bypass. <clears throat> However, at risk of higher percentage of issues mm. long term. So um, you always have to balance the risks and yeah. the benefits. It comes back to um, that quality of that life, I, doesn't it, too? We... Quality of life. It's not just about the weight. It's really not just about the weight. You know, body composition is a really important thing. We we use body composition assessments at every dietitian appointment because I think it's also another metric that is important. It's not just about height and weight. It's not, you know, uh, just about uh, the numbers. It's also how you feel, how you're tracking, you know, how's your quality yeah. of life. All of these things, you know, come into play as well. And I think that's, that's so important. And that's why I don't necessarily think that, you know, absolute total body weight loss is the, the you know, number one and only metric to think about. Yeah, that's that's yeah. great because, you know, I mean, well, I guess for most of our lives we've sort of had it drummed in that, you know, it's the numbers on the scale or the tape measure that, that matter. Yeah. Well, this is the thing and, and it becomes a, a bit of a vicious cycle as well. If you're thinking about one number, then that's going to become a little bit of a... Uh, um, an issue and, and you may become obsessed about one number and, and then disheartened when that one number doesn't move as well. Yeah. Um, you know, people are, people come in and say, oh, you know, I've only lost X amount of weight and you look at their composition and they've gained a lot of muscle and lost quite a lot mm. of fat. Um, that's fantastic. That's even better in my, yeah. in, in my mind. I really love that. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really um, sort of patient centered then, isn't it? You know, I think so. I mean, you know, BMI has been uh, in the media <laughs> recently getting a bad rap, and I and I agree, I agree to to a point. Yeah. Um, yes, BMI is not perfect. It never was meant to be. It's a guide, yeah. um, and it's a good starting point because it provides you with a guide as to what type of treatment may be beneficial, and it's supported by a lot of literature and previous studies, but. And you've got to look at composition, DEXA scans, body composition scales, yeah. blood tests, comorbidities to, to provide you a more complete assessment of, of a patient and, and their um, progression, mm. you know, through treatment. So, yes, it's not perfect, but it's not so bad. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. you know, I think that's what it comes down to sometimes. So, yeah. Do you think that we're going to start seeing more like um, DEXA scans and, and that sort of stuff, um, you know, over the next few years, pre pre and post, yeah, um, as people sort of yeah, moving look, away I from, mean, from just jumping on the scales and yeah, I think the scales alone are probably not enough, you know, by themselves. I think definitely, you know, the body composition scans that we use in the rooms are great, um, and they provide a very accurate progression. The um, the numbers may not perfectly line up to a DEXA scan because the DEXA does take into account more variables and it's a little bit more accurate mm -hmm. and it's really the gold standard. But as a progression over time, the, the scales are fantastic and provide a really good assessment for, for patients. And we do that already. Yeah. Um, and, and patients get a DEXA scan at two years. Um, look, it would be great to have one, you know, even every six to 12 yeah. months, but you know, there's cost yes. and access as a, Absolutely. as a factor. Of yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So, yeah. but but you know, I think I think they're really useful. Mm. Oh, so you've been doing some robotic surgery. Um, oh, I'm I'm really interested in that because um, I had a back surgery a few <laughs> years ago, and um, yeah. the doctor used an O arm. And I was like one yes. of the first people in on the Sunshine Coast had surgery yeah. like that. It was it was pretty cool, but yeah. So when when I saw that you you've been doing robotic and and the endoscopic sleeve as well, um, these sorts of procedures they're really innovative. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's so important to continue to evolve, right. continue to innovate. You know. Um, at the end of the day, my first, um, you know, thought when trying new treatments is always patient safety. Mm. So, you know, I want to absolutely make sure it's safe. Mm. Um, and that's why the endoscopic treatments and the gastric balloon for me um, resonate with me because they are very safe treatments. Yep. And then working on the efficacy and the uh, suitability for people and trying to figure that out, I think is, you know, the, the second and third uh, part of the plan, you know, um, and I just threw up something even on LinkedIn the other day um, about safety for robotic uh, procedures mm -hmm. and the fact that the safety is not there for, uh, you know, particular procedures. Um, and I think as a surgeon, you have a responsibility to always make sure you provide safe surgery. So, um, I use the DaVinci platform for robotic procedures. It is the only platform in Australia that has actual robotic instruments. So yeah. uh, I won't name names, but the other platform um, <laughs> that's, uh, that's used in, in Australia doesn't currently have uh, energy device staplers um, or the ability to do a robotic operation. So there are... Um, other surgeons that that claim to be doing robotic procedures, but it's just not the case. It's not it's not a robotic procedure um, because the capability is not there. Um, it will be soon, but it's not there at the moment. So I think for me, providing robotics as a as an option for patients is definitely um, something that I uh, enjoy. I think it is as good as a laparoscopic procedure, but I don't think it's better at the moment. Um, it may be better in the future. Um, and I always make sure that I'm doing things safely um, and providing that um, that option for patients. Um, so, you know, I think that's, that's my um, ethos and I think that's yeah. the way I go about things, always to try and make sure that things are safe yeah. um, and to explore new options for people. Um, and and if that safety is not there, then I then I won't embark yeah, yeah. on that. Really, it, it's so, it's so good to yeah. know because so many of our members, you know, it's the first time that they're ever having surgery for some of them, and they're terrified going in. Absolutely, they are, and so would I. I would be terrified <laughs> as well. You know, um, I, you are. Yeah, having... I mean, I, I think also you're you're doing it to yourself. Like it's elective surgery. Well, it's an elective procedure. That's right. You you know, um, it's an elective procedure. It's it's you know what I what I love about um, the area that I am in is it is um, slightly more um, 
preventative medicine mm. than other areas of medicine. So in medicine, we are very good at um, uh, trying to help people that are unwell. So, you know, mm. majority of our health dollar goes into the last 12 months of somebody's life. Um, and, and really, I think we should be trying to promote prevention mm. because um, uh, health, the health dollar goes so much further when, it, when we're preventing yes, yes. Um, condition and, and providing preventative treatment. And I think that's what is one of the um, fantastic opportunities in what I do is there is a lot of preventative um, uh, uh, treatment or, or, or there is that preventative part of you know, weight loss surgery um, for patients to make sure they don't get end-stage diabetes. They don't have you know, long-term problems with their blood pressure or mm. their cholesterol or their knees and whatever it may be. Um, but at the same time, that does mean that people are, are a little bit scared, you know, yeah. because it's understandable they're having a preventative, you know, operation yeah. in a way sometimes. So, yeah, we have to think about that. Yeah. Um, so I, I did a little bit of reading on the uh, endoscopic sleeve. When, yeah. So yeah. I, I just think that's amazing how you can perform a surgery like that without sort of making incisions in people. It's fantastic. Look, Damien, I will say it is not surgery. So it is not going to provide you with 30 to 35% total body weight right. loss. And I, and I tell people this. It, it's 15 to 20% mm -hmm. um, in clinical trials. Yeah. Um, there's three-year outcomes um, for good weight loss outcomes, and it's very safe. Yeah. It's not going to provide you with 30 to 35%, and we don't have the 10 to 20-year outcomes that we do for surgery. So, you know, um, I always make sure the patients are aware of yeah. that because it is a different treatment. However, it is very safe. It's not an operation. People are, you know, out of hospital within 24 hours. They're back yeah. at work within a few days. Yeah. 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 yeah it's very, it's very different. Yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah. I guess for someone that may be high risk going in, you know, if they were going to have surgery, they could have that to get some of the weight down, make things safe. Absolutely. Or, yeah. Or, for, you know, or some people who, who just do not want an operation, yeah. you know, or don't qualify for an operation, and that's fine. Yeah. 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 Wow. But, um, but I, think, I think options are important, and, you know, there is not one size fits all for people, and I think it's important to provide those options. Um, you know, the endoscopic um, uh, treatment is is a technical um, procedure. It's not that easy to perform. Um, and it's something that, um, you know, I, I'm continuing to, um, you know, evolve and make sure that I, you know, liaising with others overseas. You know, it is still in its relative infancy um, about, you know, the technical considerations. And um, I think it's a, it's another great option for people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um so. With the so so we get asked a question that comes up a lot is about the um, balloon, and I, <laughs> I, I saw you know with the the Aluron, um and everything, and I was like, well, who better to yeah. ask than someone who knows? So, can you tell us a bit about yeah. the the balloon? Look, it's great. Um, you know, I was uh, fortunate to, to place the first Allurian balloon in Australia uh, around July 2021. I've placed more 
um, Illyria balloons than anyone else in Australia to date and um, close to 400 now. And, um, you know, our team really looks after people for that. Um, you know, it is 10 to 15% total body weight loss. So again, it's not surgery um, over that four month period. And, you know, at one year, majority of the weight stays off. Wow. Really? But, um, wow. Yeah. But again, it is not surgery. And we have to be mindful that, um, you know, for patients who, um, uh, so the, the indications in Australia are from a BMI of 27 to 40. Okay. Um, and we discuss, so, yeah, the risks and benefits and, and, and what would be suitable for people. But I think it's a, it's a great opportunity to, um, improve on your routines and, and, and get that weight off. And it really teaches positive, um, relationship with food. Um, and you go through and talk to our dietitians and, work through um you know uh that support and and working with the balloon it's very safe um i've had no issues other than having to remove it early because patients um don't uh, tolerate it but that's an endoscopy um so there's been no issues with needing to have any operations or any issues with the patient so you know it is very safe people get good results um and it's you know, supported by clinicians in our practice. So, you know, I think it's I think it's a good option for people. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so it it sounds like it, it gives people the the time to make those lifestyle changes and stuff that, that need Correct. to be made. Correct. And we we also um, engage with a with a habit change um, a course that we've developed with a, um, a habit change clinician in Queensland, and so we integrate that with our um, program because it is really a mindset change that we're trying to develop here yeah, yeah. Uh, so, i think that's yeah, great because when yeah. i first heard about it i thought well you know you you take this we actually this... Da- damo's being so diplomatic we thought really really <laughs> <laughs> who is this guy what is he doing will it be okay no no not 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 you specifically just the balloon in general yeah, like, yeah. what is it how does it work will people be able to maintain yeah. their loss? And it's really exciting yeah. to hear that and they look, are. We, yeah, we, we've got one year data. We don't have data yeah. post a Obviously. year, you know, um, that's, that's honest. Um, but uh, I think that's positive. Um, and it is mindset. It mm. is mindset. That's, that's It is, that's it is 100%, achieve. but it is for the, with yeah. the other surgeries too. For everything, yeah. for everything, absolutely, yeah. definitely, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. No matter what we do, that, that's what yeah. I, I and and I love that you you have the whole support network there, mm. so that definitely. it can yeah. help the patient make it work for them. Because yeah. I think if it was just something that you exactly. swallowed and and okay, go away, I'll see you in four months and get it taken out, then the weight is going to come back on. Um, Again, like all treatments, you need that support. Yeah, you you do. know, um, mm. that's that's what it's about. So, yeah. um, again, it's another tool to try and help people to change yeah. their routines uh, and to have a more positive relationship with food and 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 to have sustainable routines that they're able to manage long term. Yeah. Because everyone can lose weight, we know that. Yeah. Um, but it's how you sustain that weight loss, and if it's manageable and sustainable mm. and uh, it provides positive uh, changes to your to your life and, and, and blends with your 
with your um, lifestyle, then then that's going to be great. Yeah. So. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so what what brought you to doing weight loss surgery? Um, yeah. Lots of things. So I touched on that already. I think the preventative nature of, of what I do um, is so important to me because, um, you know, I, I also uh, am an upper jaw surgeon. I have previously done a lot of cancer work um, and it has a very different feel to it. You know, I loved it uh, as well, but I really feel that um, weight loss surgery provides that preventative and, and you know, incredible change to somebody's yeah. life long term. Yeah. Um, I also, um, I do like the technical skills. Um, they are challenging procedures at times. Um, it's evolving technology. I like the fact that there's evolving technology in medicine, medications, endoscopic, robotics, uh, laparoscopic techniques. Um, you know, and, and I, I do think we have a significant need in our country. And so th- those are the things that really inspired me to, to do what I'm doing now. So Amazing. Amazing. Can I can I ask you something that that I, Damo has no idea I even intended to ask, but um, about yeah. livers and the liver shrinking yes. that the two yes, weeks yes the two weeks now <laughs> we we get asked about as, all controversy as a surgeon as a very yeah. good very well known surgeon can you yeah. can you confirm that. It is as important as we are told it is. Being I, th- I think I think it is. It is. <laughs> I think it is. It, I think it is important, but for some people more than others. Okay. Um, I, I think that. I think that yes, it is important for everybody. Yep. To, but the change it will make varies yep. as well. Okay. So if somebody has severe um, fatty liver disease. Um, then, then that will uh, make a significant difference to the to the elasticity of the liver. And if they have uh, an enlarged liver, then that will assist with the operation. If a patient um, is otherwise has a normal uh, liver, then the difference that makes will be less. Um, it will still make a difference. It will also um, uh, you do. Um, lose once you lose um some of that um visceral fat it does make the operation easier particularly for a gastric bypass um in regards to the the mesentery and um, the omentum um if people are 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 losing um rapid weight however um it's interesting you bring this up because we talk about it all the time because um my colleagues and and i and i talk to surgeons from around the world uh, I just got back from Italy for a conference and um, uh, also, you know, uh, last year I was in the Netherlands, earlier this year I was in Taiwan, um, just to make sure that catching up with other surgeons that, um, uh, you know, we all know each other and talk about different techniques and things. In the Netherlands, they don't do a two-week preoperative diet. Wow. Okay. So um, I, I still... Um, recommend a two-week preoperative diet for my patients, and I do think it is beneficial. Um, however, they feel that um, putting a patient in ketosis is not the right thing. Um, they also have a different demographic to us. Okay. Um, I think in Australia we have significant numbers of fatty liver disease, 
um, you know, and, and uh, our population um, is different um, than the Netherlands. But it is something that is evolving and, and there's continuing research mm. on this. Um, it definitely shrinks the size of the liver to answer your question. Yes, it does. It does. Okay. Um, it does. Uh, but, you know, how many uh, patients, so on a lower BMI, so as you know, the, the BMI um, uh, cutoff range has changed in the last, um, you know, sort of six to 12 months. And so for patients with a BMI of 30, to 35 with comorbidities, you know, such as diabetes, um, those patients may not have um, the significant uh, fatty liver disease. They may do, but they, they may not have that, um, that issue with uh, visceral fat compared to other patients. Okay. Um, and so that, so that difference may not be there compared to, you know, um, somebody with a, with a BMI above 50 and, and fatty liver disease mm. and you're needing to do a bypass, then, then yes, that'll, that'll make a significant difference. So, you know, I think it, uh, to have a slightly long-winded answer, uh, no, I'm glad. I do think it, <laughs> I do think it is a benefit. Mm. We are always looking at it. Um, uh, but definitely some people benefit more than mm. others. Mm. Yeah. So while we're, doing <laughs> tricky questions <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> surprise that's good um yeah we, we we get asked a bit about the the post-op stages and you know we, we've had people that have said that um they weren't required you know they could just go on to food as soon as their surgery was done and other people, you know, no, I'm on the, you know, one week of fluids and then going through yeah. all that. Um, yeah. How come there's so much? It's a lot of variability mm. because there is, there's probably no way you can ever test that. Yeah. You need, you know. Yeah. Um, but the, the principles behind um, why we do the, you know, and I do sort of two weeks fluids, two weeks soft, and then, you know, getting back onto a, you know, normal yeah. diet um, over the next two weeks. So sort of a four to six week transition. Yeah. That's what I think. Is really because you're, yeah, you, you know, you, your swallowing is going to be uh, difficult or more difficult than normal. And so you don't want things to get stuck. Mm. Um, and you know, uh, if you went straight to solid food, you may well get a food bolus and may need an endoscopy and it's going to be painful. It may put extra strain on your anastomosis or your, um, staple line and it's another anesthetic and it's a, you know, a trip to hospital, you know, all these kind of things. Yeah. Um, you know, also people are still healing mm -hmm. and we don't want any um, extra pressure on, on, a, on an anastomosis or, or a staple line. And we do, you know, at six, six weeks, 90% of the healing has done, has been done. So for me, six weeks is quite an important um, timeline. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I um, always try and um, think about in my own mind. Yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, they're the, rough principles and look people do different things based on that but i think that's they're the principles behind yeah. it it really does vary it varies so much yeah 
there's probably more variability than I think, um, than I imagine, you know, in, out there. And you may know more about that probably from, from patients um, having a talk in the, in, um, in your um, support group. Yeah, but, well, I mean, probably, um, probably just, yeah. just today we have, we have um, a chat that's got a lot of people in it that have just had surgery in September. And the amount of yeah. differences post-operative instructions is just incredible yeah so yeah it's just one of those very interesting (laughs) questions to us i think i think um you know what would be the difference between one week and two weeks of fluids well i think it just you just don't want an issue in the first six weeks you want everything to heal and you want to get to six weeks and you you want to be healed um, that's that's my thought, yeah. um, and that's why we're quite careful in that first six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could hardly swallow water um, after my sleeve, so there's no way I could have actually eaten food. You know, I ended up having to have a dilation yeah. done, and you know, um, I was I was quite sick after my sleeve. But yeah, so, yeah. So again, so that's yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a that's a. Um, deviation from a routine um post-operative course but nonetheless you know um i think people do have a swollen um you know gastroesophageal junction they do have um some you know pressure there when they swallow and so you don't want to exacerbate that with um trying to have solid food i don't think there's anything to be gained as long as you're keeping your protein up um and keeping to fluids you know some people get a bit bored i i I get that, um, but yeah, it's for your own healing yeah. purposes. Yes. And it's only a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. A few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So. A few, not a couple. A couple, a few. <laughs> Six weeks. Yes. Six weeks. <laughs> um, so any memorable success story, like ones that really just stick out for you that you go, wow. Look, I think it, it, it happens all the time. I, I am really very lucky to do what I do and I, I really enjoy what I do. Um, uh, I'm always happy to, to um, be at work and seeing people and operating and, uh, and you know, it never gets tired or, you know, I'm never, um, uh, you know, uh, finding anything too difficult. And um, I think for me, that's that's the real success or the real win is the fact that i'm able to do what i really enjoy and provide people with with a good opportunity to improve their health yeah. um and and get you know good outcomes for them uh we've you know we've had patients lose you know over 100 kilos in a year and all these kind of things and run marathons which is incredible i don't know i mean i can't run a marathon and you know <laughs> <laughs> um i've i've been uh I've, I've agreed to run a half marathon with one of my patients next oh year. Oh, my gosh. So going to start training That's for that. Awesome. Yeah, so that'd be good. Um, I might get some other people on board as well. But, you know, um, uh, you know, and there's people that have that have been able to, to do, you know, climbs and, and go overseas with their partners and, and get married because of, you know, um, losing weight and, and being healthier and being able to, yeah. to uh, you know, uh, change their, their lives. And, uh, you know, all those kind of um, experiences are fantastic and it's it's a great um, field and I'm very lucky to, to be in it. 
that's that's amazing yeah uh so we've got a couple of questions that we just like to ask everyone um, sure yeah so what is your favorite way to spend time off <laughs> um so i try not to work weekends um and i've got three young boys and so i really enjoy the simple things yeah. going to the park kicking a soccer ball Love it. um you know yeah having a coffee yeah isn't being grab your coffee go grab, grabbing a kick with the isn't boys being a parent yeah, of, of sons just like I, I i have four boys and they're amazing oh wow there yeah. you go i'm not having any more you done i've got yeah. one sulky female You've got one daughter. <laughs> Occasionally she comes out of the room and grunts. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, it's a simple it's a simple things that are enjoyable. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Totally agree. Uh next question. Your favorite meal. Um good question. I think for me it's uh it's a steak. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good steak. I I do good, smoke. Good bit of. I, I smoke meats and stuff and love. Oh right, yeah, love, nice. You know, yeah. smoking steaks and then reverse searing. Yeah, all that kind of yeah. stuff. You know, nice small bit of bit of uh, you know cut of meat. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And what superpower would you pick if you could have one? <laughs> Read mine. <laughs> I love that. That, yeah. that. that was instant. You were just like, yeah, read mine. <laughs> yeah, I've thought about that before. Yeah, you can tell. You can tell. It just there was a there was a movie. There was a movie. I I, I can't remember the name of it. Where um, uh, I feel like it's Mel Gibson, but I'm not sure. He could read women's minds. Uh, what women want? Incredible. Is it? Yeah, mate. I, I, I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> yeah. I have, I have. 